Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Yep, it's me. I'm Dr. Pat. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Hi, Benny. Hi, Pat. Hey, I did a little community work this weekend. You did? Tell me all about I, it. Well, you know I play table tennis at the Senior Center in Pothel. You got it, yep. So we always volunteer every year mm-hmm. uh, to help them unload these large portable storage units, mm-hmm. gigantic, right? Yeah. For their upcoming sale, their rummage sale. Ah. That's Yeah, it starts Thursday. The summer rummage sale, yes. Oh, my gosh, Benny, I'm telling you, there were so many items that people (laughs) contributed. Oh, my gosh, I've never seen so many things. Um, And while I was doing it, I met one of our listeners. Oh, cool. Yeah, Barbara. She's like, hey, Dr. Pat. And I'm like, hey. So there we were out (laughs) in the community together, elbow to elbow, sweat to sweat, dirt to dirt. Muscle cramps to muscle cramps. (laughs) Only the best. Pushing the flatbed full of good stuff. So everybody, (laughs) Bothell Senior Center, check it out. Starts on Thursday, I believe. Uh, A lot of great things. And it goes for a good cause because that's how they fund uh, the Senior Center. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Good, 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 uh, Good that you got out there. It's good that I got out there. It's good. I can't walk very well today, but it's good that I got Ah, out there. It's pain. It's good pain. I know. Well, you know, today's show uh, the, with Dr. Eric Goodman, today's show is all about getting out there. Mm-hmm. It's about getting out there, getting out there and understand what courage is. What is courage? Coping and thriving with the reality of social anxiety. Because what is he talking about? What is he passionate about? What has he studied? Which I love social courage, but what has he studied about this? And what is it that he and I are going to chat about today a bit to talk about what it means to be born in, grow up in, be part of social anxiety. And, you know, I said something to Dr. Uh, Dr. Goodman here earlier, which probably I'm probably going to take back. And that is you know, anxiety in the world today, what does it mean? But more importantly, this is what I love about his book. What does it show us? What does our anxiety show us? The other thing I think Dr. Goodman is, is like talking about in this great book is courage, contrary to popular belief, Benny, is not a lack of fear. It's not a lack of fear. Uh, it's not that thing that we think it is, but I'm not the expert in this arena. Dr. Goodman is, he's a clinical psychologist. He's an author. He's a speaker. He specializes in helping people face their social fears and anxiety disorder. 
And this is important because sometimes we think we're just not normal or we're not good enough or we're not dot, 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 dot. And yet now we have somebody that has written a book that explains so very much. Dr. Goodman, it's great to have you here. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you very much. So one of the things that uh, um, I, I want to talk about a little bit, but before we ca- I could get going in like 50 million places in your book, but I don't want to do that because it wouldn't be fair to our listeners. I want to talk about social courage because people hear that and they may have a sense of what that means, but you have a very specific notion, idea, concept, and definition of it. From your perspective, your research, your body of work, social courage, what is it and why is it? <laughs> well, I, I think these days people are, are, are believing that when you're uncomfortable, uh, when you're anxious, that it's, it's a disease, that it's bad and that it's wrong and, and that it's something to be avoided. And what a lot of people do is they're waiting for a day to where they wake up and the anxiety is gone. Then they'll go and they'll pursue friendships. Then they'll go and they'll pursue dating. Then they'll go and they'll pursue uh, career opportunities. And that's not how it works. It's, It's backwards. We actually need to teach our brain through going and doing these things while being uncomfortable to see that, A, we can handle it, and B, we can move forward with the things that we want. Mm. You know, along the way to being you, along the way to, you know, speaking with, helping with countless people, you know, people have always asked me, you know, down the pathway of psychology, Pat, why did you study the thing you study? And I know for me, I studied the consequences of broken promises, better known as psychological contract violation, mm-hmm. uh, for a reason. I mean, I had some things happen in the workplace, happen in my life, happen with my parents, and I decided I need to figure out what this thing is and what the impact is. How about you? What is it about this topic, this body of research? What got revealed to you to put this at the top of your list? Well... You know, I think there, there's a long story, there's a short story, and I could certainly do an hour on, on that one question. But I remember, oh, you know, so I used to be terrified of public speaking. And I remember back, boy, this was uh, in the uh, uh, late 90s, and I'm getting ready to give a, uh, a talk at a, at a national meeting for the first time. Uh, it was on... Uh, research on pathological gambling. And I was terrified. Uh, mm. I was, you know, it was, it was coming up in a, in a couple hours, and I'm, I'm pacing the halls, and I'm, I'm nervous. And so I, uh, it was at a psychology conference, so I thought I would go and check out some research, you know, and see. This was back in the time where, where I really thought psychology was, was, was magic and, and that I was going to learn how to make emotions disappear. So I go to a talk on social anxiety, and, and I look at the research, and, and uh, they show uh, that with good treatment, we can take, we, we can create about a 30, 40% reduction 
in anxiety symptoms, which mm-hmm. is significant. That's great. But when I was nervous before the uh, the talk, I wanted it gone. I wanted it yeah. all gone, 100%. And that's never happened. There's, I mean, there's no research that shows that there's any intervention that is going to make anxiety go away. Nothing. Uh, we can we can help, but then it's a matter of learning to to uh, live a life where anxiety is going to pop up at times, particularly mm-hmm. when you're doing something that's new, something that's uncertain, uh, when you're doing something that's important to you. So if there's a job interview that you're going to, and you really, really want this job, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be socially anxious, and you might be very socially anxious. That's not a disease. That's not a disorder. Now, after you do a few of these interviews and your brain starts to learn that it's not so dangerous, it'll quiet down a bit, but not completely. We will continue to live a life at times that will have uh, social anxiety, just like we'll have sad times and angry times. Uh, You know, a range of emotions is perfectly normal in life. The problem is is when it becomes phobic, right? When we begin to avoid things because they make us uncomfortable, then we teach our brain that those things actually are bad and dangerous. And so the next time around, uh, the thing that you've avoided will feel twice as intimidating. I want to ask you this question because I think this is really the controversy in our society right now about this. And it goes back to what I said before about, you know, this notion of courage versus fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we look at this and we ask ourselves, well, why? Well, wait a minute. Okay, so there's fear and then there's courage. And so uh, aren't they sort of opposites of each other? Aren't they, isn't courage that thing that helps us bust through the fear and so forth and so on? So we have this idea about what courage means and what it doesn't mean. And I would love to talk with you about that a little bit, because I think we have to understand that word in order for us to live that word. Well, so if we look at, if we look at people who uh, for, for a living, are, are courageous. So you look at your first responders, you look at your mm-hmm. firefighters, you look at your uh, military personnel who are going into combat. You know, my my uh, training as a, as a psychologist, three years of it, uh, of, of my clinical work, was at a veterans hospital working with uh, all, all types of uh, soldiers. And, you know, they all say that you are incredibly anxious and rightly so when you are in combat and if you're in a combat situation for days you are anxious for days that it's not normal for people to be calm in a in a, in a dangerous situation and actually if a firefighter was feeling calm while they're uh, fighting a raging fire that can be incredibly dangerous so they need that fear, they need that anxiety to keep them focused and to keep them safe. So courage is what they do every day, which is feeling incredibly fearful and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, this is part of the conversation we're going to have today and much more, because how is it 
that we are living in the world where the reality of social anxiety is just that, real, and real for millions of people. When we come back, Dr. Eric Goodman is going to take us on a journey in terms of what is social anxiety and more importantly, you know, beyond the definition, where is it showing up in our day to day lives? And are we even recognizing that it's a thing in our lives? Uh, And then later on in the show, what are the consequences of social anxiety? But also, I don't know. What can we learn from it? Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with Dr. Eric Goodman. Stay juicy. Tune in to Your Juicy Love with me, Una Drake, co-hosting monthly with Dr. Pat and every second Monday at 12 p.m. on Transformation Talk Radio. My show, Your Juicy Love, helps you find the dynamic, life-affirming love you've always wanted. Transform your relationships and bring peace, joy, and juicy, juicy love to planet Earth. For more information, visit unadrake.com. Tune in to Synergenetic Living Radio, where Rick and Grace Paris discuss the synergenetic way of life, what it means to truly change your perspective in life, what it means to take control of your life and manifest your true desires. For more information on Rick and Grace Paris and Synergenetic Living, check out SynergeneticLiving.com. Get clear on the life you desire and the current life you are creating and what is between the two. Synergenetic Living, living life loud. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. If you haven't been practicing active listening or not getting into some bad habits, it's a good idea to go back to the basics and remind yourself how to be a good listener. Here's an idea that might help. When your child comes to you with a story about her day, set aside whatever you're doing and give her your full attention. If you're in the middle of something that can't be put aside, Tell her that you really want to be able to give her story your full attention and ask if you could continue the conversation at a specific time. So for example, this sounds like an important story and I'd really like to give it my full attention. Can we talk about it in 10 minutes when supper's in the oven? Active listening might sound like common sense, but often it's these simple skills that get buried in our parenting pack and easily forgotten or overlooked. Challenge yourself to practice this skill for a full week and see if you notice a difference in how much your child is sharing. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. Are you ready to attract abundance, release stress, look and feel younger, all from your smartphone? Get Pure Light, a free mobile app with audios that transmit powerful frequencies to shift anything in your life. Created by some of the world's top energy healers, these audios have created miracles, 
often quickly. Enjoy the latest in conscious technology and download Pure Light today. To find out more, visit purelightaudio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Pat. Listen, for more information about me, go to thedrpatshow.com. For more information about the network, you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. And for all of you out there, um, for sure, thank you for tuning us in and turning us on wherever you're hearing the show from. Uh, Shout out to Australia uh, friends out there and fans. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to us on the dial over there. Um, And I want to make sure all of you today, Dr. Eric Goodman is joining us. And for those of you that are wondering about maybe anxiety that you're going through or have seen other people go through, please make sure you give us a call. And if you don't want to come on air, give Benny your question, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. Um, Dr. Goodman, uh, two things. How can people find out where the book's on sale, get a copy of the book? And then I'd love for you to tell people a little bit about how you wrote this book. What, what actually approach did you take? Okay. Um, so the book, I, I believe, is, is out in Australia right now uh, through the Australia version of, of Amazon. And it should be available... I think this week uh, in Amazon through uh, through other parts. Um, so I, I whether it's going to be in bookstores or not, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I love my publishers, Exile Press, and they mm-hmm. handle all of that stuff, and that allows me to kind of you know focus on my day job. Um, mm-hmm. But how I wrote the book, you know, I I I always loved writing. Um, when I was in undergraduate school, there was the uh, big question of whether I was going to become a writer or uh, or become a psychologist, and and I really was leaning towards writing. And my family said, you know, there there was no there was no internet at the time, and so uh, I know writing jobs are a lot more plentiful. But my family said, you'll never make a living as a writer, <laughs> so uh, so I ended up going into psychology, and and now uh, kind of being able to bring those those to uh, my two favorite uh, things together uh, has been wonderful. And why why did I pick uh, social anxiety as the first uh, first book uh, to work yeah. on? You know, I I more and more I I just have people coming in. So I'm a clinical psychologist, and, and uh, my my day job is is my private practice and. I have people coming in every day, and and I ask them, you know, what do you what do you hope to get out of uh, of therapy? And so often they're saying, I want my social anxiety gone, and it's, it's I, I want people to see that although that's not possible, mm-hmm. uh, the goal is never to get rid of social anxiety completely mm-hmm. because uh, a it's it's a normal emotion that people experience. And B, the more you want it gone, the more you want to get rid of it, the more you have it. You know, it's kind of like insomnia, right? The more 
the more you don't want to have that poor night's sleep, and the more you resist it, the more you have it. Uh, mm. So uh, it can get a lot better, but the main focus is on seeing that you can feel uncomfortable, feel anxious, and go on the date. Or you can feel anxious and, and go to the party. And you can bring your anxiety with you, um, you know, when you're, when you're public speaking or when you're uh, doing a radio show. You can, you can <laughs> feel that anxiety and you can understand it's not the enemy, right? Anxiety, and, and it's another, another reason why I wanted to write the book is mm-hmm. so much of what we see is about, you know, how to cure anxiety and six how to get rid of anxiety, how to, how to make it go away. And, and all of those goals, not only are they, are they impossible, right. um, though, though it can get a lot better, but all, it's impossible to, to say, I'm never going to have anxiety again. That, that, that's not realistic. Um, but the goal is to uh, see that you can have it and you can do all those things that, that you want to do. And when you do those things, and you do it time and time again, so if I'm on the Dr. Pat show for, mm-hmm. uh, for, for 10 different shows, my experience of anxiety on the 10th show is going to be radically different from my experience on, on the first show. Yeah. And, you know, the reason we're talking about this is because of exactly like you said, you know, we're we're not looking at rid our lives and rid the world of anxiety because there's something important we should know about it uh, that it provides us with. So, you know, it's it, it's interesting. It, it, it reminds me of a conversation I had with one of my doctors a bunch of years ago. And it was an interesting conversation because I'm talking to the doctor and they're talking about autoimmune disease and they're describing it as the immune system attacking itself because something's in there. Mm-hmm. And then we started to talk about why we have all conceptually all these diseases. And in the end, their comment to me was, well, we don't know. And I said to them, well, geez, it's kind of like common sense. If you think the immune system's attacking itself because there's something in there, wouldn't you want to find out what the thing is? And he just looked at me. And it's the same kind of conversation that I discovered along the way to looking at something like anxiety, right? You know, there's a flag that goes up. So I'm from New York. So streets of New York, right? Yep. You're walking in Manhattan. It's two o'clock in the morning. You're walking down a big, long street. You see a side street. There are no lights in the side street. There's a little something that goes on in your stomach that says, you may not want to walk down there. Yes. Yes. Now. Yeah. That's what, right? 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 That's like a little anxiety thing. (laughs) Without anxiety, we're going to be either dead or disabled. Uh, Yeah. uh, Wow. There's, there's, there's a woman who, who uh, has this rare disease whose name I, I can't remember, and if I could, I couldn't pronounce it. Um, when she turned, when she hit puberty, her amygdala in, in her brain, or amygdalae, because there's two of them, they calcified uh, because of this disease. And so it actually, she's they, known as the woman with no fear, and they've, they've written a book on her, uh, her, her uh, 
her identity is, is secret uh, because they don't want people to take advantage of her. But she has no fear, and so she'll come up to, uh, you know, poisonous snakes and want to pick it up. She, in social situations, um, she doesn't have a filter. Um, she, when there's stories about her going, uh, walking home from work and some sketchy guy in an alley, uh, says, Hey, you come over here. And, and, and most of us wouldn't, but she comes right up and, and, and he holds a knife to her and says, I'm, I'm going to cut you. And she says, uh, you know, you try it and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come back again and again. You know, she, she had this horrific sort of experience scared the guy because it was such an unexpected uh, response. But then afterwards, continues to walk on that same, you know, dark path at night because she doesn't learn to be afraid of things even mm. when it would be adaptive. You know, anxiety, and, and even in less dangerous situations, you know, you need to have an optimal amount of anxiety when you're public speaking. Uh, otherwise, you're lethargic. You know, there was there was one time I was I teach uh, evening classes um, and sometimes I teach uh, four hour blocks in the evening mm-hmm. and, and get tired and there was one yeah, time I used where, to sit uh, in a few of those I'm just saying yeah yeah well yes. there was there was there was one time I was lecturing on something and I I'm sitting on the desk and you know and again this was from somebody who used to be really phobic of public speaking mm-hmm. but I did so much teaching, and my brain learned in this context, it's okay. And so the anxiety went away, and I'm teaching, and I would board myself to sleep, literally, for about about a split second. My eyes closed. I slurred my words. I kind of woke up suddenly. 30 master's students are, are staring at me, and I realized I'm not anxious enough. And so I learned... When I teach an evening class, I drink coffee, and that uh, it keeps me awake. And what coffee does is it, it boosts or caffeine. It boosts the nervous system. It makes mm-hmm. people anxious, and mm-hmm. we need that for optimal functioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things I was really struck by in your book uh, is, and I can't remember the page it's on, but I remember a table that you put in the book. Uh, and you talk about rules to keep you stuck. See, yeah. I created this thing called crust busting 15 years ago. The show wasn't called The Dr. Pat Show. Uh, the listeners and Benny renamed it. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is social anxieties, rules to keep you stuck. And you go through here and you say anxiety says, and then I'll choose to. Right. And what I was really struck by these ways of being stuck by, I was really clear that when I looked at these, you're putting the emphasis on our choice, our free will to say. Anxiety says, take all your thoughts very seriously, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I get to choose what I'm going to accept and not accept. Mm -hmm. When we come back, I not only want to talk about these, but I want to talk about how they fuel our brain noise, as you call it, Mm -hmm. and then what can we do to get rid of that brain noise? And what I mean by that is to cope with it and live an amazing life. 
We're going to take a short break, everybody. When we're back, the book is called Social Courage, Coping and Thriving with the Reality of Social Anxiety. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the stuck things, but also how our digital world today fuels brain noise. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Take your own journey with the angels with Claire Candy Hoff's Heaven Sent Guided Angel Meditation CD. Letting go of concerns and living in the now. This beautiful CD walks listeners through practical exercises to help free them from the burdens, worries, and concerns of daily life. Walking a quarter of the way across the bridge, you see a bright emerald green light and sense a loving presence. This is Archangel Raphael's green healing energies nourishing and revitalizing you take a moment now to bathe in this green healing light giving you much more than just relaxation and stress release this wonderfully narrated cd provides vivid visualization soothing and inspiring music and an angel's choir that will bring you peace clarity and a newfound awareness visit angelhealinghouse.com today Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Finding success and putting minds to work. With the Higher Learners Career and Leadership Series, Rudy Racine will help you craft your personal definition of success, offering support and guidance as you move forward towards your goals. Take the leap. With the right mix of focus and motivation, anything can be achieved. Tune in every first and third Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 Eastern. And for more information on Rudy Racine and Higher Learners, visit Rudy's site at higherlearners.com. That's H-I-R-E learners.com. The Knowledge Book, currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world, accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truth, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in The Knowledge Book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to The Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Hey, 
everybody welcome back welcome back it's so great to have all of you tune into the dr patro transformation talk radio as i said before i'm thrilled dr eric goodman's joining me here today social courage coping and thriving with the reality of social anxiety okay so here is why i'm really eager to have you all hear from from dr goodman first of all all of us are subject to this I mean, I am really an introvert. So many of you look at me on air and you think, okay, she is just not an introvert. That is not true. Uh, Something happens to me when I come on air that is about filling my life. I can't really explain it, but I just got to say it's really cosmic. It's something outside of myself. But in public, if you would run into me like in a coffee shop I don't know. I probably have to really figure out something to say to you. But the bottom line is this. There's anxiety that we can really buy into, so to speak, that will stop our lives. Stop our lives. And what does that mean? It means it'll stop it. It'll stop us from going out on dates, going to school. Uh, interacting with our friends. It will stop us from applying to a job that we want. And then maybe if we do, stop us from showing up as our true selves. But, you know, Dr. Goodman, what you did is you, you break this down into two parts. You say anxiety says, and then I choose to. And I'd like to go over this approach because it's not enough to know what anxiety says and then to know what you'll choose. You have to be able to learn some skills to choose it, don't you? Well, yeah. You have to learn to bring your anxiety along with you. You know, anxiety is going to make noise. Until it learns something is safe, it's going to warn you of danger. That's that's its job. I think about anxiety as being like a a really overzealous four-year-old bodyguard. And I call it a four-year-old because it doesn't understand the, the complexities of modern life. You know, anxiety evolved for us uh, 50,000 years ago, right, where, where we had to survive these incredibly dangerous times. And, you know, social situations back in those days really were dangerous, you know, we were in, in, in small tribes in Africa, and if you really messed up socially, you know, the, the cost could have been exile, and exile in those days were, was a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Or if you ran into strangers back in those days, it was often a kill-or-be-killed fight over limited resources. So we, we have this evolutionary-based uh, uh, noise in our brain. You know that that's telling us things are dangerous a lot. Uh, it's more adaptive to err on the side of calling something dangerous than to err on the side of calling something safe. And so we need to choose to bring our inner four-year-old bodyguard with us to situations that we know are safe, like public speaking or, or dating or, or going to a social event. And we need to bring it with us and show it the situation over and over so that it begins to see for itself that it's okay. And, and, and anxiety will learn given experience. But when we avoid those things, then anxiety 
believes even stronger that they're dangerous. So it's really, we're faced with these decisions. You know, we're, we're, we're offered a, um, you know, an opportunity to, uh, to give a presentation. If we do it, we teach anxiety something. If we don't do it, we teach anxiety something, right? And, and so it comes down to what do we want to teach our anxiety? Um, mm-hmm. How do we want our anxiety to be a year from now? Um, and it comes down to making those choices. If we avoid, we teach anxiety danger. If we approach, we teach anxiety that it's safe and tolerable, even though it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing to, to, for us to talk about here, though, is how do we get past the noise? How do we get past the noise in our brain? And then, you know, when we look at that, um, understand what the heck we're going through, right? First of all, we should understand that, oh, wait a minute, that's not real. That's not like a real thing. And then we can do something about it. But now we are bombarded in, let's just say, the world we live in now, even to the world that I could think about when even when I went back to school, right? We're living in a totally different world, Um, and there might be different levels of social discomfort. I think in your book, you call it clean versus versus dirty. So what I'm looking at is, let's put all the pieces together and say that we are at choice of stepping into the anxiety wave of the day or not. And yet sometimes managing the, the data that comes into our sphere of influence is, I mean, it's daunting. I mean, I, I had to just turn my whole, like, I don't even listen to the news. And that's, you could write a whole book on that. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. No, society is definitely anxiety-provoking. You know, the mm-hmm. 24-hour news cycle where we are constantly exposed to things that are scary and outrageous, no matter what side of any political spectrum you're on, that it's, it's a bombardment that we're not designed to, to cope well with. Um, because, again, you know, 50,000 years ago, all we had to worry about was the small group of people around us. And now it's suddenly it's, it's worldwide things that we're, uh, we're bombarded with. The other thing that I think is, is very different and, and very challenging is social media. Uh, social media, I believe, is, a, is an incredibly mentally unhealthy thing for, 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 for humans, to uh, particularly when, you know, like my teens, you know, they're on it throughout the day. And when we're flipping through our, uh, our Facebook or, or Instagram or, or Snapchat mm-hmm. or any of those things, we're seeing people's fictional portrayal of their life, right? We're seeing ideals. We're seeing the, uh, the, the, the great meal that they had at the fancy restaurant. We're seeing happy people at a party. We're seeing blissed out people at the beach. And we're constantly exposed to this stuff. And what happens is we compare how we feel on the inside in our own lives, which is a range of emotions and, and often not pleasant emotions, 
and we compare that with the external uh, portrayal that that other people uh, give, and we feel like there is something really wrong with us because I don't feel how they look, and it's an incredibly unfair comparison. So it's important for people to understand that when you're looking at people who seem like they don't have a care in the world, that they don't feel anything negative, they have no pain in their lives, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fiction. It's not mm. real. And, and so that can help us, if we do that, it can help us to accept our own inner experience. So you, you had talked about uh, the clean versus dirty discomfort. And That's so, right. So if you imagine that uh, you woke up this morning and you had a, you had a migraine, uh, and you had to come on and be, be on the radio mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and be entertaining and all of that. Um, but you're, you're noticing that your, your head aches and you're noticing that uh, maybe you're, uh, you're uh, feeling nauseous, uh, things like that. We would call that clean discomfort because that's just the stuff that is showing up for you. The dirty discomfort would be if you said, oh, my God, this is awful that I feel this today. Why me? Why today? Of all days, I can't go on the air if I feel this way. This is, you know, really, really bad. I need to make it go away. And, they, and people then begin to kind of white-knuckle through their life. And what that does is that it takes um, the clean pain, and it... And it dumps layers and layers of, of dirty discomfort on top of it. So the headache mm. in and of itself is uncomfortable, but that dirty discomfort is really where people suffer. So, you know, if you're uh, on the date and you're feeling anxious and you're able to, say, to, to sit with it and say, all right, well, my heart rate is increased and my palms are a little bit sweaty, I'm uh, feeling some adrenaline, and, and my brain is making noise, and, and, and I, I noticed an urge to kind of, you know, end the date. And, and then you just kind of take a breath and sit softly with that, rather than saying, oh, this is bad, awful, I need to make it go away, which is going to make you feel so much worse. And it'll mm-hmm. make you not only uncomfortable on the date, but it'll make you suffer. You can have anxiety without suffering, but you can suffer immensely with anxiety if you hate it and fight it and resist it. Mm. Wow. Let's take a short break, everyone. When we come back, we're going to talk about, Dr. Goodman's going to tell us what does social courage look like? And was there something to be said about that famous book, Face the Fear and Do It Anyway? What, anything that Susan Jeffers had that, you know, feel the fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. Is there anything about that that holds true? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Let It Go Radio. The future awaits you. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Barbara Scheidegger explores the way to clarity, peace, and how to live a successful life on your terms by turning negative experiences into positive ones. 
Barbara's curiosity about the human experience drives her both personally and professionally. As a life coach, author, and renowned clinical hypnotherapist, Barbara knows how to move forward in a natural, organic way without side effects. If you want to grow, be sure to tune in to Let It Go Radio. To learn more, visit LetItGoHypnosis.com. Love Living Radio Ignite Your Whole Being with Emily Perkins is a show for those looking to explore the sparkling magnificence of their inner selves. Tune in every second and fourth Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific as Emily sheds a radiant light of love on the beauty and power that resides within you. Discussing love in all its forms through conversations that provoke awareness, curiosity, and expansion, Emily shares the unlimited power of love. For more information or to listen to this show, visit lovelivingholistics.com. Are you ready to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their heart, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Practice living in wholeness and achieve fulfillment in your life with your body in full service to you. Sign up for the Body Tune-Up. Six online classes designed for radical self-healing and self-regeneration. Go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Evolve. Become a practitioner now. Welcome back. Uh, Dr. Eric Goodman joining me here today. The book is called Social Courage, Coping and Thriving with the Reality of Social Anxiety. Dr. Goodman, thank you for joining me here today. You know, I know we've talked about quite a bit, and I know your book is so filled, so filled with not just talking about what it is, but also talking about how to cope, how to thrive. Um, One of the things that comes up is talking about anxiety versus phobia. I I would love to hear some ways that we can't cope, but before we do that, um, I, I think it's important to have a distinction between the two, right? Yes, I, I agree. So, so the way I think about that is anxiety, even high anxiety, can be normal 
unless it begins to interfere with your life, right? So we kind of look at, we look at the distinction between phobic and non-phobic, not based on the level of anxiety, because you can have somebody without a phobia of anxiety who gets a significant amount of stage fright before they, they uh, go on screen, for example. Uh, it was that Ryan Reynolds came out and, and, and talked about that uh, recently. Um, it's, it's a phobia when it begins to uh, stop you from doing the things in life that you want to do. And mm. When we avoid things because of anxiety, anxiety learns that it's dangerous. So then mm-hmm. we avoid it again, and it learns even stronger that it's dangerous. And so we're digging ourselves into a deep, deep phobic hole. And mm. so we, we to, to get out of that phobia, we have to, we have to climb out of that hole. Yeah. We climb out of that hole through beginning to uh, move towards those things that uh, frighten us, the social things that... that uh, you know, that we would like to do, but anxiety has now says, no way, this is dangerous, don't do it. Uh, and so we have to do something different with these thoughts when they come up. And so normally what people are doing when they have a phobic thought, right, so if they're on the airplane and they get the thought the plane's going down when they feel turbulence, then they might grab the uh, armrest and, and, and white-knuckle it. And so in Instead of that, we need to either apply a little bit of logic to the thought, you know, that uh, if I give a presentation, uh, you know, uh, I've given presentations before, they went fine, this one will likely be fine also. You know, we mm-hmm. can add a little bit of compassion to that. That's a, a, an incredibly important tool, and, and, and we might do something like that by saying, look, even, even if I come on the radio and I, and I messed up, that's okay. I'm still, I'm still an okay person. I don't have to beat myself up for that. People make mistakes. People are imperfect, right? So we talk to ourselves in a way that's a bit more logical, a bit more compassionate. Um, but then at some point, you're, you're on the radio, you're on the stage, you're, you're on the date. It's not always the best time to, uh, to you know, be having this inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. So in situations like that, then we might want to do things that are more, uh, you know, kind of what, what, what the Buddhists used to talk about and what yeah. uh, currently the acceptance and commitment therapy people talk about, and that is yeah. diffusion from the thoughts, you know, accepting. There's, there's, there's the four-year-old talking. You can even say, you know, thank you for trying to help, but I got this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just more uh, peaceful coexistence letting the noise be there without um, struggling with it, which is going to make it louder and stickier. And then, well, but, you, mm-hmm, go ahead. Well, uh, well, I think that, you know, when we're looking at these solutions, you know, clearly you have these and many, many more in your book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're looking at ways for us to move ahead in life because clearly anxiety could really hold us in a spot over and over and over and over Absolutely. again. Yeah, there were, there were people all over the world who, who they just don't leave their home because yeah. of anxiety. Yeah. So, it, you know, the stakes can be pretty high. So, yeah. we, so we also need to teach people how to cope with the feeling 
that come up. So we talked about the clean discomfort. We talked about the dirty discomfort. We talked about the importance of not building or piling that dirty discomfort on top of the clean. So you're at the party, you're giving the talk, and every, every, every so often checking in with your body. Am I white knuckling? Am I holding my breath? You know, am I fighting my experience? And when you notice that, people are often able to let that go. And then we can look at even what can we do to help people with their clean discomfort, right? Just the normal anxiety that shows up for them when they're public speaking or, or, or out on a date or, or something mm-hmm. else that's triggering. So we talk about things like mindfulness meditation as, as a regular practice, exercise as a regular practice, setting reasonable rather than perfectionistic goals practicing good general stress management, and, and being careful with substances. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of people who will, uh, you know, self-medicate the social anxiety, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, there's actually can be a, a high co-occurrence with, uh, with addiction. Um, so so the, the problem with self-medicating is, uh, you know, it teaches anxiety that it works, in the short term, but the next time around, if you don't have that five shots of vodka before the party, anxiety <laughs> is going to be very, very concerned. Um, and then there's medications. You know, for some people, taking uh, an antidepressant, an SSRI, for, for anxiety can be immensely helpful on lowering their baseline. You know, I'm not saying everybody should go out and do it, but for some people, that is something that has been very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's things we can do to improve the clean discomfort. There's things we can do to prevent or reduce the dirty discomfort. But ultimately, ultimately, we have to go and face these fears. Open mm-hmm. mind, open heart, and see what happens. And so if you have somebody, for example, who worries that um, if someone sees them sweat or someone sees them blush, that they're going to be rejected and it's going to be yeah. horrific. And I see this a lot with phobic social anxiety. Oh, well, yeah. when that's the case, we, we have to test that out, right? Well, we need mm-hmm. to show anxiety what's real and what's not. And so for somebody with a, uh, a phobia of, of uh, being seen as sweaty, well, we have them go for a run before they go to a party or eat spicy food or think naughty thoughts or whatever you know, whatever it takes to kind of generate those uh, symptoms. Yeah. And then wow. they go to the party and they look at it as an experiment. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to see what happens. And when mm. they go and it's not catastrophic, then the inner four-year-old starts to learn, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. I love it. Thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Thank you for writing this book and helping people cope with thriving, uh, coping, how to cope and thrive with the reality of social anxiety. Dr. Eric Goodman, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Preceding audio was via a Skype call.